Nintendo Fandos, where are you? There you are. Welcome to our brand new show called The Mando Fan Show, brought to you by Star Wars News Net and the Resistance Broadcast patrons. I'm John Hoey. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. With me, as always, is James and Lacey. And this is uh, obviously a little bit different than the Resistance broadcast. And you may even just be new to us in general by this right here, the Mando Fan Show. So this is all about, obviously, as you may have guessed, The Mandalorian. And this is our first episode, and we're going to be talking about Chapter 1 of The Mandalorian. We're going to get into rating it, so we're all going to rate the episode. Then we're going to talk about the episode in depth. Spoilers, so obviously if you haven't seen the show yet, get out. Watch it, come back, and be a Mando Fando. Um, then we're also going to get into Easter eggs and references and, of course, do our best guessing as to what we're going to see in Episode 2, which actually is going to show up sooner than later on Friday. So, uh, guys, are you ready to talk about The Mandalorian? Yes. Big time. <laughs> Big time. All right, guys, so why don't we start off by doing what uh, we got excited about doing, which involves Pedro Pascal's face. <laughs> and what we're going to do here is rate the episode. We're going to do this every week. Zero to ten. Halves are included. Pedro Pascal faces on how uh, we uh, rate the uh, episode. So um, let's each go around first and give our ratings. Uh, I'll start with uh, James. Chapter one of The Mandalorian. What do you rate it on the Pedro scale? I think I'm probably just overall this whole thing is going to be the most pessimistic but i still love the show i'm giving it 7.5 pedros out of 10 7.5 pedros okay Lacey. i absolutely loved it i've watched it twice already i'm gonna watch it probably after this Mm -hmm. um i gave it nine pedros nine pedros so nine out of ten if the episodes after this are like exponentially better you're I'm gonna, just giving all 10s. 10, 10, 10. Okay. 11. <laughs> right, 11. This, uh, this amp goes to 11. Um, all right. So I'm, in, the, I'm in, in between you guys. I went with eight Pedros. So according, let me just do mental math here. That averages out to 8.2 Pedros. <laughs> I love how you were like. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, Lacey did the math before. Let um, me think down on my notes. Yeah, 8.2 Pedros for us on Chapter 1 of The Mandalorian. Um, not bad out of 10. I think that's pretty good. Um, now, we asked our patrons to also rate the episode, and we took the average of their score, and they gave it an 8. So, right? Pretty much in par with us there, you know? Uh, I'm just the really, really excited one that's like, it's amazing. Sh- sure. Yeah. And if you compare it to like, <laughs> st- you know, Star Wars movies, like I think right now sure. on IMDb, The Force Awakens has like an eight out of 10. Mm. So mm-hmm. really good score. I think uh, so mm. far, so good out of the gate. We're off to a great start. And usually these types of shows start off with, you know, uh, exposition or whatever you want to call it to, to kind of set the tone. I, I right. think we're going to get more action involved here. So I'm curious where the scores go from this point. But um, if you want to be uh, featured on the show, Make sure you're tweeting uh, about The Mandalorian Chapter 2 on Friday using hashtag MandoFando, and, uh, like these folks did. So we have Cam Ray at Cam Ray. Way to get your handle, Cam. Uh, Cam said, I absolutely love The Mandalorian. So many nostalgia-inducing Star Wars moments. The mix of aliens was refreshing, and the final scene gave me goosebumps. I like the mix of humor and action, and it left me wanting much more. My score, 8.5 Pedro Faces. Hashtag nice. Mando Fando. So 8.5. Solid cam. Then we have Johnny O at Limey Printmaker. And <laughs> Limey. 
Yeah, I guess so. A British printmaker. Okay, so I'm sure he watched it legally. Way to go, Johnny. Um, <laughs> so Johnny said, it was very fan service good but not great. Everything with Ugnolty, nice, was excellent, and some interesting story possibilities. Early days, 7 out of 10 Pedro Pascals. Um, or if you don't use hashtag MandoFando, if you're a patron of the of uh, the Resistance broadcast, you can get on here uh, by sending it in on our Patreon page. Lacey puts out posts for comments, and you guys did. And this week <laughs> we picked Admiral Danny at Chibigon89. Chibigon. Chibigon? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I thought it was Chicago. Sorry, Danny. Uh, eight <laughs> out of ten Pedros for me. I enjoyed the episode, but I felt that I had already seen three-fourths of it from all the footage from the trailers, not counting the ending, which completely surprised me, and I'm glad it did not leak before launch. So thank yeah. you for that, Danny. Actually, it did leak before launch, but don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't see uh, anything about that. I was surprised about the ending, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Mm. So to total it, total it out, the three of us, 8.2 Pedros. Our patrons, our patrons, eight Pedros, and then, of course, the folks there who made the show. So thank you for sending those in. And now, guys, let's move on to Easter eggs and references that we may have caught on the show. Um, this thing was pretty loaded, and I think that's going to be a theme that carries on as the series moves on. So why don't we do this? We each take a turn. We'll pass the hot potato around, and uh, or, or if, uh, the, the melted uh, Beskar steel, maybe. We'll pass that around to keep it thematic here and each go around until we run out of uh, Easter eggs. So Lacey, what is the, what is an Easter egg you caught in chapter one of the Mandalorian? So I hope that everything I'm about to list is an Easter egg and people aren't going to be like, you're just dumb. Or, <laughs> so, or also it could be a reference too. It could be a callback okay. to something, you know? Yeah. So the first reference slash Easter egg that I noticed, well, one of is the Donald Duck guy that's like calling the Ubers. <laughs> I call him Donald Duck because he sounds like a duck and he's got like the long mm-hmm. snout. He's the one that like snitched on Han Solo and the other guys in the New Hope. Right. Yeah. So, well, the same breed type. Same species, species yeah. Yeah. Gorindon uh, as Zav Zavor and he's Kubaz. Gorindon that's his species. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, I don't know if that's him or not though. Yeah. Or long snoot. I just found it so funny, by the way, that he had that little flute and he's like, doo, 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 and yeah. then the car pulls up. It was, it was weird. It I was also like want to know space Uber. I need to know what uh, the Mando's deal is with hating droids, but we'll get into that later. Uh, James, yes. East, Easter egg yeah. a reference? Um, I think I'm uh, a lot of this stuff. I'm like, I'm not sure if it counts as an Easter egg or not. But I, but the Beskar steel just in general. Um, I thought what was interesting about that is that he's b- rebuilding his armor with this Beskar steel. And if you do a little bit of research on it, um, you'll find that it is, it's, uh, particular to blocking, uh, blaster bolts and even some like light grazes of lightsabers. But, uh, this was, uh, washed away by Sabine, Sabine Wren when she made the Duchess, she created the thing that would penetrate Beskar steel which was a weapon to be used against their own people. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. We're watching Beskar steel be melted down and it's like, this is all part of the Mandalorian culture and it all kind of stems on each other. So I thought that was interesting. It looked like an iPhone case that that just like melted down. Um, All right. I saw obviously uh, land speeders Mm -hmm. via the Uber 
that uh, picked up the Mandalorian. So that'll be my first one. And the, you know, you immediately hear the sound before you even see it. You're like, that's a mm-hmm. land speeder coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Lacey? And the same shot, too. Yeah, yeah, very same. Look, that side shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first of all, I'm playing like Battleship with you guys where I'm crossing stuff out. Yeah, yeah, I am too. And second of all, I'm super pumped that James is going through Rebels references because I'm not going to get those and I know he will. So that's <laughs> yeah. super exciting. I mean, I don't know if there's a whole lot, but yeah. I know, but along the way, I'm sure during the season. Um, The next one was the reference to Life Day from the holiday mm-hmm. special ah. at the beginning with uh, the Blue Gills guy, which right. guys, I did like a somewhat live tweet of <laughs> what i was watching i was trying to take notes but it just turned into a live tweet within my notes section because i didn't want to post spoilers mm-hmm. but during that section where i wrote this down i also wrote yo this guy's an idiot <laughs> and it was the <laughs> Sands guy so yeah he mentions life day he wanted to be free by life day you should think about posting those to uh the patreon page <laughs> they're ridiculous <laughs> um all right life day we got our little holiday special apparently favreau's big on the holiday special so, so we yes. got that in there james i yes. uh, got another um yeah no i don't oh uh all right here's one uh hyperdrive fail sounds of the millennium Ah, falcon yeah i was gonna say that that's that surprised me because i thought that was so it's supposed to be unique to the falcon but yeah where was that i thought it was unique to in the razor crest when he was taken off when that with the monster yeah oh yep um you thought that was unique to something else james you're saying uh, to the hyperdrive, like a hyperdrive, like mm-hmm. whether no matter what you're doing, if the hyperdrive failed, it made that sound. And I was like, he's not even trying to like light speed. So this is just like a general takeoff sound or something. I don't know. It's kind of odd to me. Okay. Um, the eye cam that uh, was pretty much the same model from Jabba's palace when he went to go see Werner Herzog, who we don't know who his name is yet, but it went out and said mm-hmm. almost the same thing, like, ooh-duh, ooh-duh, ooh-duh. you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I, I actually went back and found, uh, like, listened to both, and it does say it's the same. exact same thing as <laughs> Return of the Jedi. It says two lines, and both of them are in Return of the Jedi. Right, and it's probably like, I was sleeping. What's the matter with you? Yeah. 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 Um, Lacey, got another one? Did the door thing laugh, though? Because in Return of the Jedi, it goes, oh, ha, 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 before it goes back in. I don't <laughs> it think definitely it did. says more things in Return of the Jedi yeah. than it does here. Yeah. I just love that it laughs. It's like, oh, stupid droids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do the kind of disappointing thing, which I thought that you were going to do, John, which is the Koalian monkeys, lizard monkeys, being mm. kept in cages and roasted. <laughs> Which we talked about the, after celebration. The Kowakian monkey lizards. Yeah, Kowakian. Uh, that yeah. was very, very sad. The other ones like shivering. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, it's yeah. You didn't hear any laughter there. That's for sure. Mm. You knew his time was up. Um, that's a good pick. Um, James. Um, the mythosaur. The mythosaur. So the reference to what Mandalorians ride. Yes. The, uh, um, so there's a couple things actually here. So he says your, your ancestors used to ride the mythosaur. And I was like, okay, so I should know that. And Todd's going to be mad at me, but I was like, <laughs> okay, what, what's the mythosaur looked it up. And I was like, oh, that's, that's the Mandalorian like symbol. That's a mythosaur. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually do show that symbol above, like where he goes down right. into the little area. So that's like the. Um, Mandalorian Club or whatever. 
Right. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they specifically called out the mythosaur in this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Filoni is, uh, the expert on Mandalore. So uh, a lot of that's Mm going to be entrenched. I think even beyond episode one, um, let's see another one here for me. Uh, Werner Herzog had the empire logo in an emblem Mm -hmm. around his neck. I thought that was interesting that uh, even though the Empire was gone, he's still repping their jewelry. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what um, what he's uh, what he's up to uh, beyond this. But if, if he's even in the show more, who knows? But mm-hmm. um, Lacey, any others? Yeah, I have a couple, uh, but I'll do one. The the money, the Imperial credits and then the Calamarian flan or whatever it was, that weird like yeah. they were weird money. Yes. Um, but as you guys know, I love Akbar, so I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." Which I, which is the first time we've seen that money mm-hmm. yeah. used. Yeah, that's. Can I be true. honest for a second? Mm-hmm. It lo- they look like condoms. <laughs> 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 Sorry, they do. Sorry, Lucasfilm. <laughs> they do. That's all right. Um, and everyone's talking about how jelly they are. I was like, ugh. Hey. How jelly. <laughs> um, speaking of jelly, uh, James, are you jelly about all these other Easter eggs that we're naming here? Uh, no, I mean, like, I've written down a lot of these. Um, Fire off another the, one. The Zuvio helmet. I, see, I thought that was similar to yeah. Yes, we yeah. thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like that turquoise. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a turquoise and purple or something kind of painting or something. I'm I'm not exactly sure. I don't think this is supposed to be that character. Um, right. It could be if they wanted to go back and they'd be like, yeah, he was here. And then like, I don't know, he was doing this bad stuff. And then he decided to turn his life around and become more of a like a uh, police officer of some sort, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe that's a that's a nod at something. But. I think just in general, it more likely is probably just like reused assets or ideas, yeah. and it's probably just another one of that species or something. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of species, um, I'm going to fire off. I'm going to cheat here and fire off two. Trandosians and Jawas. No. <laughs> I told you I was going to yes. cheat. <laughs> I did. Yeah. There's a, um, I mean, I think you could sum that up into a lot of other species we've rodians, seen. Like there's yeah. corins and rodians yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah, all sorts of other ones. Lacey, what else you got? So back to the, the creatures and species thing. I mean, we talk about all the time how I feel like the, the movies lately, the sequel trilogy, has been lacking in all these different characters and species and mm-hmm. creatures and whatever. And I feel like this show made up for that in the first like ten minutes. They were yep. like, "Oh, you you want aliens? Here's a bunch of aliens." Sure. Um, there's a gonk droid that walks in front of him when he's yes. going in to see the uh, Warner Herzog guy. Yes. Yep. Good call, uh, James. What else you got? Um, so this is a weird one, and I actually I wrote it down, but I kind of forget exactly where it happens. But there is a scene where he's looking through the scope of his gun and something pops up right in front of him. And I was like, that's very sand person in front of Luke. Yes. Mm. Was it that the whole thing? Blurg? The blurg. Yeah. Is it the blurg that pops up? I think, so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was almost um, like when Luke was looking at the Banthas. Right. That, yeah. yeah. And I, the, I, I got the whole vibe from that, you know? Yeah. I hear uh, that. 
that that pops up there, and I was like, I think this happened because it happened in A New Hope. All right. Um, I've got two more. How many more do you guys have? Why don't we end with you, John? I think you're uh, you're going to say the rest of them. All right. I have Hot Wiring the Door, which was a callback to Han Solo <laughs> in Return of the Jedi. Such a Star Wars thing. Nobody can open doors in Star yeah. Wars. So mm-hmm. Hot Wiring the Door reminded me of uh, Endor, Return of the Jedi. And then my other one was uh, Grief Karga mentioning a wanted smuggler, which made me think of you know Han Solo or mm-hmm. Orlando or somebody, but kind of like a nod to that uh, industry. So those are the right, end of mine. Right. Um, no others, guys? Last call? I mean, we had like R2 units and then supposedly Boba Fett's in the background. I watched it back. I didn't see him. I think it's maybe just like they threw it in there as like, this guy's similarly colored, but I don't know. I feel like if they were really going to make a call to him, they would have done like a full shot on him. Yeah. 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 Other than that, just like lines like, oh, I heard you guys never take your helmets off and stuff like that, which is super fun. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also love going back to the door thing. They try to hotwire the door, and then they always end up shooting the door lock. <laughs> That's always what it is in Star Wars. They're like, eh, eh. That's all it takes. Just blast mm-hmm. that, and there you go. You're in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's more, but it's just um, a lot to take in. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, uh, the thermal detonator inside of IG-11, mm-hmm. kind of a, a little connection there. Mm-hmm. Um there was uh, an R5 unit as well. I'm, I'm just crossing them off my list. Is there any chance when when um, Mithril, who is the name of the blue bounty at the beginning of the, the episode, when he's going through the carbon freezes, he looks at one, he looks at a second, and he looks at the third one, and I'm like, I feel like that's a cameo. We're supposed to know that that is that's yes. John Favreau. They held on a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was and like, I was I like one was a I was Rodian, like, it looks like John Favreau to me, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one was a Rodian, first yeah, one. Right. Yeah, then a woman, and then a man. And the yeah. man to me right away looked like John Favreau. And oh, then I looked right. at it later, and I was like, it actually kind of looks like Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, like, if... <laughs> been funnier if one of them was Vince Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the <laughs> only other thing that I think I got. And this is probably going to be all over the place, but uh, when he fr- when he first puts down the bounty puck and it pops up, it says "wanted" in uh, Arabesh. I knew you were going to figure that out. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. James is going to be like, I translated. It is. <laughs> I mean, I I, I know it enough that I looked yeah. at it and it and Enhanced. I could be like, I know what that is. Yeah, I know, I could read that. That's it. Easter eggs done, guys. <laughs> that was fun. Let us know in the comments which ones we missed. Um, ones we uh, mentioned that you find interesting and what they could mean um, hit us up in the comments and get the discussion going as always uh, but now we're going to move on to the uh, the meat of the discussion spoiler breakdown all bets are off we're not covering things up anymore we're talking about the ending all of it so uh, first before we do that though guys quick shot here favorite moment from the episode in a vacuum no explanation needed what single moment from the episode was your favorite uh, James, <laughs> I hate. I feel like I'm stealing it, but the Yoda thing. It's not Yoda, but it's like the, that connection. It's Boda. There. Um, yeah, whatever <laughs> we want to call him. I it just the reveal of the the ears and you know coming over the blanket or whatever, and I'm mm-hmm. it immediately does pull you into like we're about to get into new and old like at the same time it just gets you excited yeah weren't we calling him tiny 
this is not Yoda? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I came up with the acronym. It's not very good. But, but it works. Yeah, it works. He is tiny. Tiny green boy. And he's and he's probably not Yoda. He's probably not. And God he's help me if he's a clone. Gotta be not Yoda. Because I'll, <laughs> I'll start a YouTube channel. Different from this one. Matt Smith puppeteer. Yeah, Matt Smith is Yoda. Um, oh, uh, Lacey, what was your standout moment uh, aside from the one James probably just stole from you? Well, it was actually Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been everybody's though. So. I mean, yeah. it was just... That's why I felt... Honestly, the whole show was great, but that was one of those moments I had no idea it was going to go there. I knew it was a baby, obviously, from what you saw, but then once they showed the ears, I was like, what? And I was like yelling at like yeah. five in the morning. Um, other than that, I really liked the beginning with the blue guy, which I don't know his name. James, you said his name. Horatio uh, Sands. Horatio yeah. Sands. And his Looney Tunes limited jacket from SNL, you know, just chilling. <laughs> uh, no. I loved how he Mithril. was like super, ta- yeah, he was super talkative and the Mandalorian's just sitting there and it was these subtle little like kind of head movements like, okay, I've had enough of you. That was like so not only Mandalorian, but like Star Wars-y because you always have that chatty Kathy character like a C-3PO or something and then mm-hmm. you have the person flying the ship and then he's like so confident when he's like getting attacked by the monster that you're like, oh, he's got this. It's no big deal. Yeah. Um, but it was just a really, really fun way to open the show with this like big monster and he's flying off into space. I, I agree. That's a good call. Um, it reminds me of like, uh, X-Men, uh, mm-hmm. when Wolverine's at the bar and those guys are messing with him and then he's just like, I'm destroying all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian's just like, boom, 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 chopped him it's in funny. half. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I definitely got a Deadpool vibe from this because yeah. they have this guild that they're like getting hits from and they're like passing around pucks, which could be cards like Deadpool. I got yeah. a very, and obviously they're similar, but yep. I don't know. I think it's because Deadpool just came out a couple years ago that mm-hmm. that's fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, I know you want me to say the toilet, <laughs> the, the debut of a Star Wars toilet as far as live toilet. action at least. Um but and what they call it like pipes or something vac tube that vac tube yeah so evac which we've heard body. refresher before but yeah mm-hmm. um so uh but no i'm gonna say the exchange between the mandalorian and ig11 when ig11 kept wanting to oh. self-destruct <laughs> yes. it reminded me of forky from toy story 4 he's like no yeah. you're not drinking get up get back over you're not trash he's like self-destruct mode he's like stop it just stop doing that he's like i got this it was the, it was the. I think it was the most humorous part of the episode, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, it was Taika Waititi, so of course it's gonna be right. Um, right. So I think that would be my pick as my favorite moment. Um, but I mean, there was a lot, you know. Even the Ugnolty scenes, I felt were like pretty good. Sorry, I gotta plug in my laptop. Um, the funniest thing about that is James and I both thought of you when he was like, "I have spoken." I was like, that's John. And then he said it again. And I was like, that's really John. And then he said it again. And I was like, well, <laughs> someone there, is listening to John somewhere. There it is. Um, I have spoken. I have spoken. Um, all right. And then he just turns. That's the best part is he says it. And then he just. And then like, that's, the he's, like, he's like, that's it. Like uh, <laughs> the conversation has ended. I don't care what you say. Imagine uh, being in that conversation. You're like trying to talk. And the guy's just like. <laughs> that's it. All There's right. No other options. Um, All right, let's take to another tweet here. We have, I love this handle. This is genius. The Jangalorian, like Django Unchained. Ooh. 
at the Jangalorian. So they're really committed to this. Um, and they said, I dig the first episode. It definitely, in my opinion, distanced itself from the Fets. It showed me that as much as we love the Fets, they were amateurs compared to the Mandalorian. That's a fair point, I think. Um, that And he said that may not be a popular opinion. Hashtag Mando mm-hmm. Fando. So uh, get your fisticuffs out, Fett fans. The Mandalorian fans are coming for you. But he did show a lot of tactic there, and he didn't fly into the side of a sail barge. So I have to say, uh, so far, so good for the Mandalorian. Um, all right. So let's talk about this uh, this whole episode, really. Um, I first impressions like were you guys uh was it what you were expecting um Lacey was it like going into the show and after watching it were you like that's kind of what I was vibing or was it a completely different animal for you so I would say it's exactly what I expected because I feel like and we've said this a couple times now that the a lot of the footage that they showed including the first few scenes were footage we saw at celebration it was footage that they showed last night it's Mm -hmm. footage in all the tv spots like everything in there was a lot of stuff that we've seen already the only parts that we really haven't seen was pretty much the second half of the episode and then the ending was just like unreal which i wasn't expecting but i think the thing that stood out to me the most honestly was the music because we finally nice. got to see the music as a whole yeah instead of like bits and pieces and ominous tones of we as we've been saying <laughs> so right. it sounded very much like tron slash blade runner slash westworld like exactly what you would think it would sound like which i think is perfect and obviously the ending had the best music i think did he do westworld no i think the guy that did westworld guy lady i'm sure it's a guy I think, uh, did Game of Thrones, same person. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. that guy is good. Yeah, yeah, um, James, uh, you're the music guy, so before we just start opening things up here, I'm curious, like, I really caught to the two-note, like, his theme thing, like the banom, or banom, or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. It's like a piano or whatever. Um, any vibes on uh, takeaways from the music in this uh, series so far? Not really a big fan. Yeah? No. Okay. No. Too different? You don't like tribal pipes and like yoga music and like... <laughs> I mean, I I remember coming out of Black Panther thinking they really like nailed the aesthetic of mm-hmm. the tone. Um, and I don't think that's wrong here either. Like there were definitely parts where I'm like, oh, this, this feels right. But I feel... I don't know. There's something about like, it's not a score. It's just like background music. It's, hmm, there's nothing fair. that stands out to me um, because the, the main melodies are just like what you're saying, like two notes, like doo 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 doo, you know, or something. It's like not really doing anything. Um, but the instrumentation is cool. And, but I do sometimes feel like he has a hard time figuring out, what if it's supposed to be earthy or techy which i get that it's that he's going for both and he probably should be going for both but sometimes it's it feels like it's an earthy song and then all of a sudden it's like these weird sounds and stuff i listened to the soundtrack today too just to refresh and i'm like this some of this stuff's weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not digging it like uh solo or rogue one or anything like that yeah definitely not john williams callbacks or anything like that but well that's why i didn't say john williams because it's hard to compete with that but even the right. people who are competing with them like 
Giacchino, for instance, you know, I think they like did a really good job. I felt like they, yeah, wanted to emulate his staple, Mm -hmm. whereas this guy kind of went more off the off the cuff. Um, But I want to start with music because a lot of people said that was their favorite part. So just curious where you guys stood on that. But now let's just um, uh, open this thing up. Uh, Thoughts over on the episode. Spoilers. Just whoever wants to take off and, and give your give your take on this thing. Why don't you go, John? I mean, I, I'll say this. I slow burn at the beginning. I know, Lacey, you said that was your favorite part. Um, I felt like... No, 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 no. My favorite part was the end. I said... I just stole it. Okay, you just stole it. Yeah. <laughs> I think ending. I think once he met uh, Ugnolty or Queel or whatever, however you pronounce mm-hmm. him, uh, that's when I really started um, feeling the depth of the story. And I felt like he was the first one to bring out any kind of uh, humanized elements of the Mandalorian himself. He was pretty stoic and and and, and wooden up until that point. Even when he was um, in the Mandalorian lair and having his flashbacks, which we, I guess we can get into in a minute, which were very like Batman to me, like we had predicted, mm-hmm. like or- mm-hmm. being orphaned. And also a little bit of Jyn Erso, like go hide and and that sort of thing. But uh, when he met, uh, yeah, Ugnolty, as we're, as we're, we're going to call him here, um, it felt almost like a mentor, but kinship there. I got like Mickey, Rocky vibes. I know, Lacey, you said that him riding the thing felt like that to you. And even some of the music felt like. Just the slow push of him watching him being like, yeah, he's finally graduated. I was like, is he about to do like a crane move? Yeah, right. (laughs) And then some of the music there did sound a little bit like Creed, which this guy did the music for. Right. So uh, I definitely got those vibes. (laughs) That's the connection. Yes. That's the the connection. I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. This music sounded like Rocky to me. <laughs> I really couldn't. I was like, I don't want to say that on the show, but like, there's times where I'm like, this feels like it came out of Rocky. And, yeah. you're right, it's, and it's it did. Totally it. You, did, yeah. you did Creed. Did so Creed. that's part of my thing is like, I'm feeling like, okay, he's pulling from his past experience, but the, the Rocky does not belong here. I kept making a sure. uh, Carl Weathers connection, but it, that's, that's not a, it. Hey, that's a good that's point. That's not yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not kidding. But. I was listening to the Spotify soundtrack and I'm in my car listening to it. And all of a sudden it goes to Creed. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't in the Mandalorian. And I look down <laughs> and it's Creed. So it had gone right from one soundtrack to the other. Yep. But they sounded out. so similar right. that when they made the switch at first, I didn't realize it was a switch. Yeah. So that yeah. whole montage of him like learning to go on the blurg, I was like, okay, so we have the guy that's like, you could do this. And yep. he like slow push. What'd you guys think yeah. of Ugnolty? Quill, whatever can, you want to call him. Okay, let me, let me jump in here. This is perfect. Yeah. That whole segment with him is my least favorite of the whole episode. What? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that, that section was the reason that I, when we were given our scores oh. for this, I originally said eight. And then I thought about that section. I was like, dude, I don't much care for the character. I thought that whole scene of like him offering to help. And then like over the course of like a couple hours, it felt like mm-hmm. he was like, I don't know. I just, there's so much in there that I'm like, the Mandalorian doesn't feel like he felt like he had it all together. And then he came to this planet and he has no clue. 
and he and he needs this guy's help and all this other stuff and he's riding this thing and I don't, it felt wonky to me a lot of it I was like I don't care about watching him try to learn to ride this thing like that hmm. that that does to me what the first part of the episode was doing was Hux in episode seven and that portion was making it Hux in episode eight I'm like I'm not interested in watching him fall off hmm I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did that whole I section like brought it down for James me. James has spoken. Yeah. yeah. Yes. James has spoken. So I have spoken. James hates <laughs> James doesn't like the music. He doesn't like the middle of part of the episode. Where we'll get to we'll find something he likes. We'll get there. But No, I did yeah, I like a lot of the stuff, but yeah. um I felt like that was kind of a thing showing like, all right, this guy isn't you know, all perfect. He's not MacGyver. He's not going to figure everything out and know how to do everything. He does have flaws and he is going to need help. Um, I think that might be like Favreau. <laughs> a pony. <laughs> Favreau, yeah. Favreau's way of trying to, again, humanize this character who we're, you know, we're trying to get beyond just he's a Mandalorian. So I don't know. That's my take on that. But I, I liked Agnolti. Lacey, what, are you with James on this or, or were you a fan of, of uh, Nick Nolte's character? I, I liked that character. I laughed really hard every time he said, I have spoken and like turned away. <laughs> um, I agree with you, John. I think he's there to show that the Mandalorian isn't this tough, I'm not talking to anybody, I'm in this by myself type of guy. Mm-hmm. And you needed that going into the ending to show you why he decides to do what he does. Right. So like in the beginning of the show, he's killing all these people. The guy's like, hey man, cut me a break. And then he shoves him in carbonite. And then he's taking these... Um, jobs like no questions asked he's like just going off on trips and then he almost dies with a blurg which i wrote in my notes uh what and then he shows up and then he's like hey i'll pay you i'll help you out to uh agnolti and i even wrote like oh he's a softy that's what i wrote in my notes because i was like oh so like he's one of those guys that's like i'm tough but i'm not tough which then leads into the ending of he has a heart Right. Which is ultimately what we always want from our Star Wars characters. Right. Is at the end of the day, they're humans too. They have emotions and feelings and they just want to do the right thing, I think. Yeah, because he could have let Squidface leave the bar. And he's like, nope, get back here. And he cut that him in was half. A, that was a slow cut too. That guy that was... That was not a slap chop. That was like a... Yes. That a was, paper cutter. That was when you're getting through that hard like fruit and you yeah. just have to do that final push. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going too slow and they all start folding and you're like, no. No, right. And then you go, bang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that guy was leaving. Like there was, he was like, all right, I got my butt whooped. I'm out. And he's like, nope, I'm cutting you in half. Yeah. So, so you have, you, that's where they start. And then right. yes, they had to like, showing uh, other sides of him so i think that's where that happens because but, otherwise he, you'd be like what why did he spare the baby all of a sudden out of nowhere this guy just yeah. cutting people in half and his job it, it, sorry 50 year old alien right yeah right <laughs> I, I i think you nailed it when you said the batman thing because i was like mm-hmm. yeah he reminds me of batman at the beginning and yep. then he reminds me of batman at the end and then yeah. when i watch this part where he's like on the horse and he keeps falling off i'm picturing batman like falling off the horse and i'm like i don't want to see this yeah <laughs> I, I, I get that he has to like get better or whatever but like it, it wasn't feeling right i have a so, question about nick nolte though yeah is is his character in this kind of like 
it all like uh, like Bill Murray in Zombieland, for instance. You love it because you you know Bill Murray's history. Mm. I've never seen anything with Nick Nolte in it ever. What? So is that is it like a wink? Like is he kind of Nick Nolte e? And that's what makes it fun. Uh, I don't think Nick. I'll, I mean, Lacey, are you a big Nick Nolte fan? I don't know. I think the thing I just with, like the character of yeah. the Ugnol. Nick Nolte is he has a signature voice, especially later in his career now. Uh, so that's very mm-hmm. recognizable. So I think maybe that's a little bit of a part of it. But he's a very accomplished actor, award-winning actor. Like I mean, Cape Fear uh, is a movie I love from like 1990 with him and Robert De Niro. So mm-hmm. I don't think he, it's not like a Gary Busey thing where people like to mix those two up where it's like he's wacky and zany and blah, blah, blah. Like Nick Nolte got like a DUI once and it was a big deal because his picture was mm, horrendous. Like you would see him. <laughs> in a, you would see him in a Star Wars canteen and think he was an alien in that picture. But, um, but no, I think it's, it's I don't think it's that. I think maybe it's the mixture of how they put the character together because I can't tell if that's CGI 100 percent, if there's some puppetry there with the mouth or if it's it C- looks like a mask. Or if it's CGI, but face. they but they want it to look like it's puppetry a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm curious. I don't think we've seen the last of this character. I think it's not going to be the IG-11 situation, which I'll get into in a minute. But um, <laughs> I was just about to say, that's a good segue to the, the end of this. <laughs> I, I do, I do want to go. Let's go to IG-11 now, but I do want to touch on before we wrap up uh, the flashback thing. But um, IG-11, I didn't think he was going to be in it long just based on the conversations we had with uh, Ash when we had her on. And mm-hmm. Taika not being at the press conference, he's he was mm-hmm. there mainly to be a director of the show. Um, so I thought it was maybe, hey, why don't we just throw you in here and then and, and do a character while, while you're here anyway. Um, I liked the character. I thought it was cool. Uh, I thought it was funny, uh, but not like over the top funny. It was like he was funny without realizing he's funny. Like the character, I mean. Um, and uh, just seeing him uh, a more animated version of an IG droid than we've seen before um in live action pretty cool so uh what's your guys take on ig11 ig11 it was very k2so for me i felt like it was basically that character just a little dumber than k2so like k2so Mm -hmm. is not dumb right this character was like so literal that he was a little bit like two steps dumber (laughs) yeah maybe even more than that than the mandalorian Mm -hmm. but the interactions with them are so funny because he's so literal about everything. Like, oh, I need to do this article of this thing and this agreement. And Mandalorian's right. like, can we just like go back and talk about this? Like, right. you're being an idiot. He's forky. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Toy Story, but yeah. I believe you. But yeah, yeah. I mean, John, John, spot on with the forky thing for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, James, did you like this character? I, I did. I did like this character. Um, We're gonna finish this episode. James is gonna be like, you know what, guys, make it a two point five. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> no, no, no. I I did like this character a lot, and I'm I have kind of two things to say about him, which is one, like, is is he really dead? I know the show's pointing you at that, and you're probably right. But it does kind of mislead a lot of their marketing and stuff of like, we've seen these images of the Mandalorian in the middle and then Kara and IG-11 to his side and yeah. stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I, you know, this is weird. Is there any chance that this character, he goes like, we're going to need some someone to help us get in. And he's like, well, I know what we could do. And he goes and like repairs him and then he comes back to life and they have a little comedic moment or I don't know anyway <laughs> I think that that could be possible and he might have more stuff but right now he's dead the yeah. other thing is um uh 
uh, is that it kind of surprises me that they would kill him off this early. It was, I was totally caught off guard, but honestly, I'm, (laughs) I'm glad it's him and not tiny because there was a split second. I was like, they're about to go real dark. I thought thought that too. When I first heard the blaster bolt, I was like, wow, this show is not pulling. Wow. Filoni is not feeling the the adorable creatures. Right. George Lucas is like his thing. George Lucas is definitely preserving the history of Yoda's species. (laughs) Do you guys remember the, like marketing piece that was like often gets confused or mistaken for IG 88. I think everybody took that as like, Oh, that's part of the joke that's in universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be part of the character. And that never showed up. So is it, uh, that's another reason to think like maybe that comes up later. Yeah. Um, But the other thing is then I, I guess we just all misunderstood that piece of marketing and they were literally meaning it in the real world. This this guy this character is IG eleven, but he often gets mistaken for another famous character, IG eighty eight. James, you could be right. I mean, it's possible we pick up uh, depending on how they tell the story. Is it going to be pick up immediately after sort of thing? We may see the razor mm-hmm. crest, and then they pan to the back, and you see all the parts of IG eleven laying there, and he's going to put. Them oh back. yeah, or another one there, shows yeah. up. Oh yeah, but uh, the only thing about <laughs> me is they clearly showed the zoom into the head with a headshot. With smoke, which yeah. reminded yeah. me of when they like Ryan Johnson purposely showed Snoke's dead face to be like, yeah. right. no, he's dead. Yeah, there's so, no. <laughs> I, so I got the, it's dead vibes, but it, you're right, he may very well come back. I'm not sure, but um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about in this episode before we move to looking ahead to Friday? Well, you wanted to talk about the flashback. I want to talk about the flashback, uh, but I want to know if you guys want to talk any more about uh, baby Yoda-type species, the being, as the cast calls him. Um, Well, yeah, the cool thing about it is in the article that was released from Variety, right? Or Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. I always always mix those up. I apologize. Vanity Fair, they said that George was always really protective of yoda and his species and mm-hmm. his history so this is like a i feel like it's a personal favor for dave filoni that he did this that he was like okay you can have this yeah so i'm interested to see where it goes and then it opens up a lot of other questions which goes into what's next so right i mean that's all that there really is to talk about james did mm-hmm. you did you do any uh diving into the searching about this or anything like that or did you keep it on the surface um, I, I'll, I'll say this. I happened to come across something a couple weeks ago that said this, this would happen in the show. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe not. And I still completely forgot about it and wow. was totally revealed the same way as everybody else. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I think I knew that. Was it on the, I wait, that completely this forgot. would yeah. show up? It, oh. Yes. Like baby or possibly even baby multiple baby versions of Yoda's species were going to show up in the Mandalorian. Was it on like yeah. a leak forum? You don't have to say where, but, uh, yes. A, uh, another known website for leaking information uh, about the Mandalorian. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm but, glad uh, I didn't know for yeah. once. Oh, I, me too. I was so yeah. pumped this morning when I watched it, uh, 
I, I love that feeling. It was so exciting. And you both were sleeping and I was just texting with exclamation points. <laughs> uh, I woke yeah. up and I saw your exclamation points and I thought you were going to like reveal a spoiler. So I went right back to bed. I was like, forget that. No, I wouldn't do that. No, I was I saying like, it's live and neither of you were answering. Yeah. So I was like, exclamation points. So how about this? I want to set fandom on fire here. <laughs> okay. So Empire Strikes Back. Luke leaves Yoda. Obi-Wan goes, that boy's our last hope. And Yoda goes, no. There is another. Talking about tiny. My, I mean, <laughs> I see what you're saying, but you could say that about anybody, couldn't you? He could be could talking be about Ray, the Mandalorian. No, he's, no, he's talking. I don't. Ta- they won't do that to Leia. They wouldn't do that to Leia. He's talking I about. I think Leia. the. I think the reason that your your little theory holds water is because. <laughs> the only time we've ever seen these species is in Yaddle, Jedi Master, and Yoda, Jedi Master. Right. And so it implies that this character is special because they may have some sort of connection to the Force, which, by the way, that would mean I won the Will of the Force question if that shows up. Yeah, that is true. true. <laughs> now, speaking of that, James, I mean, I, that's like kind of a joke thing. Uh, I just mm-hmm. I know someone's going to come up with that and, and think it's like push it as though they really believe that. I'm just trying to have some fun and poke at stuff, but I don't think they'd do that. Mm-hmm. They'd retcon uh, anything to do with Leia, and now that Carrie's gone, so I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. But um, so this character, 50 years old in infancy, I find two things interesting about that. One, Yoda started training Jedi at 100 years old, so this thing better grow up pretty quick. And it's you know it's halfway there, and it's still a baby. Well, it could be a teenager by 100 years old. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, perhaps. So I find I Is found that, that canon. Do we know that? Where's that from? Well, he was 900 years old in Empire, and he said, "For 800 years have I trained Jedi." So there, there you go. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so, and then it, uh, 50 years old that puts it at born nine years before the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yes, they said it was born while while. All the other movies were happening. While Yaddle yeah. and Yoda were on the council, this thing was in diapers somewhere at daycare. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, if it's a very rare species, then Yaddle is a female. Like a late night at the <laughs> Jedi Council, Yoda had a couple of drinks. And is Yaddle yeah. a female? Yeah. Yeah, Yaddle's female, yeah. and Yoda is male. So, right. theoretically... Does Yoda this have a son? Could be Yoda's son. That, that would be could tough. Could this to... creature show up in episode nine? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's so crazy. But they're saying like this. That could would to... be crazy, Lacey. Like the end is the whole like yeah. starting anew and like because it has she nothing to do other... with the Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, th- this could be that um, the reason why they want him is you know. It's a Palpatine order. Like, we don't know. We'll find I out. I honestly but. think it is Palpatine. That was the first person I thought was, if he's still around, he's creeping around somewhere, and he hears these things. I don't know. He's like, get bring me yeah. all the Force-sensitive things. The only problem with that is, then, once again, you're not doing a brand new Star Wars story that has distance, because then you're pulling it right back in. So that's that's I a know. little yeah. risky to me. But um, though I found that all that interesting. We'll talk more about uh, Tiny or uh, Boda. Let us know what you want to call it. We're not calling it baby. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk more about it hopefully on Friday um, when we uh, talk about chapter two. But guys, do you want to move on to looking ahead to uh, chapter two? Or do you want to talk about that flashback for a second? We can talk about the flashback. I just think it reminds me very much of Batman. Uh, It looks like he's about to be orphaned. They put him somewhere to be safe. 
uh, kind of like mm-hmm. a Jin Erso thing, like go hide in the bunker and they'll come save you. Those are all the vibes I got. So another, you know, a trope of Star Wars orphanage, like being an orphan. Um, I think that that may loom large here for the Mandalorian. That's what, a what Disney trope, not just Star Wars. Sure. Disney trope is parents always die. Or fantasy <laughs> in general. Yeah. Yeah. So so when this scene is happening, they're talking about foundlings, which is a new term. Uh, it incli- kind of implies like an orphan of some degree. Uh, I think there might be a, a possibility here that, you know, he's turning in his old armor that is not Mandalorian armor in order to earn real Mandalorian armor. And she says, you know, this will be good for the foundlings as if like we give this to the people the the children that we bring in as Mandalorian people, but are not actually Mandalorians. So that plays into Pedro Pascal's uh, trying to earn his keep in a Mandalorian world. Possibly, I'm trying right. to p- I'm trying to place on like what is a foundling within this culture because he says he used to be one. Yeah, yeah I felt that he was. We we're going to see over the course of the series, like every time he does a bounty, he gets a piece of you know achievement unlocked he gets a piece of armor yeah like, yeah yeah i get that i that's think cool. that's because he's what he's trying to do is he's trying to like earn his right because uh, they took they, care of him or something yeah. well they yeah. also said the other thing too about the has your signet been revealed no not yet well it will soon right you know so right. there's some stuff in there that we don't know what that means but. right well i like that you know um in uh the article i wrote today about it not to, well yes today Wow, Lacey, you're going to be editing this and getting it out tonight. Um, I said that uh, it, it felt like this asked more questions than it answered, and I kind of like that because it's setting us up for another, um, you know, couple few hours of storytelling here. But um, my last takeaway on this before you project and, and give our guesses on what may happen in uh, Chapter 2 is Dave Filoni can direct live action. Now that that has been answered. Um, now, I'm Killed sure... It. I'm sure he had the training wheels on and John Favreau is not going to let him screw up. So obviously he had support there and even George Lucas visited the set and was there to support him and all that stuff, which is really sweet when you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought he did a great job. I'm, I'm no director pro, but I thought it looked great. I thought it flowed great. Um, I thought the cuts were good and done at the right time for the action sequences. Uh, so good good job because I was a doubter with him with live action. So I have to admit I was, I was proven wrong. Mm-hmm. You were. You guys good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think as far as the episode, I think we pretty much touched on everything. Um, second appearance of glasses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dr. Doctor glasses guy. What is that? Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So looking ahead to chapter two, uh, which is just a few days away. Pretty cool. Um, just real quick kind of th- kind of deal. What do you guys think uh, may go down? Chapter two. He's not turning in that baby. He's not turning him in? Or do you think, like, I'm thinking he may get sidetracked, like, Han Solo style, and he won't get to bring it, or and something will happen. I don't think he's going to turn. I think the moment that he stuck his hand out for it, and then the baby, like, reached up. Again, I don't know if it's actually a baby, because it's 50 years old, but it looks like a baby. It's in infancy, uh, yeah. Uh, it reached up to touch his hand, which is, like, one of the most adorable shots a beautiful shot by the way very mm-hmm. widescreen mm-hmm. um that was the moment that you were like oh he's not giving this baby up right now okay james um 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Lacey. I, I think, I don't know. I guess what I would predict is that he, he starts to take it back and then he asks specific questions like, uh, do you know anything about what they're going to do with this bounty? Like, oh, no, I wasn't able to find him. But do you know anything about where he's going? And then it, it will open up doors where he will have to test his mortality. Hmm. Or not mortality. Morality. Morality. <laughs> also, if he yeah. takes the bounty and doesn't turn it in, he's then now the hit. Right. Then that makes more trouble for him. And then that's down a different avenue where he has to, you know, figure out where he's going to hide this baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious when uh, Grief Karg is going to turn on him. It's going to happen. <laughs> you you still think he's going to turn? Mm-hmm. I do. Well, I mean, we haven't he's seen anything more with him. this character than we already knew. I think uh, what my gut tells me he's the one that the Mandalorian is going to ask about, like, what what is this? Why did you give me this job? Right. Yeah. Um, I think we'll meet Cara Dune in chapter two. Yeah. Um, I think um, I have uh, I think we may see Giancarlo Esposito. I think he may be after this um, Yoda species, the being uh, for similar reasons. Um, And I'm I'm going to go with three on him. Huh? I'm gonna go oh, chapter three, three on him. I'm beginning to think yeah. is is this uh, the being this this Yoda like little infant thing, the MacGuffin of the series. So like, um, because you're not gonna open up George Lucas's trunk of secrets after 40 years of protecting this species and what Yoda is and all that for a throwaway. So right, this being maybe a part of this whole season, which means is he the one thing everyone's after? And then does he is he immediately the MacGuffin? So we'll find out probably more on uh, chapter two Friday. Um, mm-hmm. Any final guesses? Are we seeing Cara Dune? You guys with me on that? I think we are. Yeah, she's totally coming in episode two or chapter two. Sorry, I keep saying episode chapter two. Chapter two. Um, sure. No reason not to. I think she's right. this um, uh, another main character. What was the thing that I said? Where was it? She's in five episodes, so maybe not. Maybe episode three. Hmm. And uh, yeah, maybe you're right. And Lacey, what about your boy Bill Burr? I think he's coming in later, later. because I think him and the Twi'lek might be the people that get like sent out to go find him. Okay. And when he doesn't return the bounty. And Fennec Shan's not showing up till like episode four or five. We know that. And again, if this baby is the MacGuffin, if he has this baby, all these people are now going to be hunting this baby. That that sounds like where we're pointing towards. I agree. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. So right now, not protect that the IMDb, baby. <laughs> not that IMDb is the best, but they have a bunch of characters listed as only one episode, which we know can't be true, right? Carl Weathers one episode, Gina Carano one episode, Giancarlo Esposito one episode. But what is interesting is Pedro Pascal is listed as eight episodes. Uh, the Jawa, the person who plays Jawa, is listed as eight episodes. And then we have an actor named Brendan Wayne who shows up in five episodes and another actor named Bernard Bullen who plays Father who shows up in four episodes. So mm. the, I don't know. Just kind of interesting Probably why they got the longer flashback. catalogs. Yeah. And it's also I wonder like if Father is his father. Yeah, I don't know. IMDb, so we're not really always sure about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but um, one last tweet here. Um, uh, some guy, Todd can't stop watching The Mandalorian. At <laughs> Todd knows best. 
Uh, he said, love the first episode. Perfect blend of new characters and stories with Nas the old and the music and cinematography are fantastic and do a great job of giving that space a Western vibe. Really excited to see how the plot unfolds and learning more about these characters. Hashtag Mando Fando. So thank you for that, Todd. Todd's actually a patron of mm-hmm. ours and probably the biggest Mando fan we know. So I had to throw him in there. Um, he gave the episode an eight. Oh, he gave it an eight, huh? So all right. Mm-hmm. Right with me. All right. Um, I think we're all around that uh, that eight uh, average. Mm-hmm. Except um, me, nine. Right. All right, guys. So um, let's just get our social stuff out of the way. Uh, Lacey, where can people find you to talk about Mando? People can find me to talk about small, sweet, infant, baby Yoda creature at Lacey Gillerin on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. James? <laughs> eight pound seven ounce sweet baby yoda sweet baby yoda <laughs> yeah i like to picture like my to yoda think- with a tuxedo uh <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking of the golden fleece blanket <laughs> yes exactly twitter and instagram at my trunks all right and you guys can find me on twitter at johnny hoey uh i want to thank uh, star wars news net um you should be going there starwarsnewsnet.com every day for all your latest star wars news reviews editorials information and more obviously you guys can find the three of us on the Resistance broadcast every Monday and Thursday, right here on the YouTube channel for Star Wars News Net, and also wherever you listen to podcasts if you're more audio inclined. Uh, I want to thank our patrons because this video would not be happening if we didn't have your support. So um, if you want to support uh, what we do, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We have five tiers. If you want to contribute to the show and rate the show, like we mentioned earlier, uh, tier two and up. Uh, But check it out and sign up if you'd like to support us. And I want to say a uh, special thank you to our generals over there, Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, J.G. Kars, Seth Keim, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you so much. And again, all of our patrons, again, we would not be doing this without you. Um, guys, we're going to be back here on Friday for episode two of the Mando Fan Show, and we're going to be joined by a guest, uh, Jen Marie from... The Anakin and His Angel blog is going to be with us, and uh, she's going to talk all about Chapter 2 with us, and we're going to have a good time with that. So we're very excited for her to join the crew. So I just want to say thanks for watching, listening, being Mando Fandos, and um, uh, we will see you again on Friday, right? Yeah? Mm -hmm. Good. See you around, kids. (laughs) 